Yes and is a mantra that can be applied to every aspect of your life. These two words are ground zero for all creativity. These two words will help you shut down fear. These two words can change your life if you'll let them. Yes, I'm serious. And this podcast is on a mission to show you how. I'm Judy Holler, the host of Yes And. If Dr. Dre and Amy Poehler had a baby, um, that would basically be me. Listen, if you're looking for a no BS approach to life, business, and your mental health, then you are in the right place. So welcome to Yes And, where we smash comfort zones and navigate the unscripted stage of everyday life together. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 59. Well, hello and hi. Welcome back or welcome to the Yes And Show with me, Judy Holler. But you know that because you're here. And guess what? I'm not alone today. I am looking at the beautiful face of AZ, otherwise known as Amanda Zayner. Hey, Amanda, it's so cool to have you back here with me on the show. And how are you feeling today? You good? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. This is always makes for a really fun day. Yeah. Get you on the airwaves. You traveled from Chicago back to Ohio. Amanda's up in Cincinnati today. You guys got a crap ton of snow. We did. So I was in Chicago. It was the most snow that I had ever personally seen in my life, only to drive back to Cincinnati and get dumped on again. They're like two to four inches and we got like seven to 10. So I'm all snowed out. I love it. Well, and what you may not know is Amanda has a little dog. She got a quarantine pup and and her dog's name is Choo Choo, Choo Choo. Um, And how many pounds is Choo Choo? She's about 10 pounds. She's a little thin. How does Choo Choo do the snow snow, right? Like, does she she go in it like in covered? She buries her head in it. She rolls around in it. Her little coat has long hair. She's covered in like little snowballs all over, but she just gallops through like she's the freest little thing ever. I mean, you can't, I can't, if you guys, okay. So I'll link up to Amanda on Instagram and you can go see some photos of Choo Choo on her Instagram, but Choo Choo is this little baby thing, 10 pounds. And I was thinking about you with all that snow. I mean, back in Chicago, when I used to get dumped on, we would get like, we, I, I lived in Chicago through the slizzy blizzy and you could pull out some archive videos of me on YouTube documenting uh, me living through the slizzy blizzy, which was an insane storm. We got in Chicago, maybe 15 inches, I mean, feet of snow. And I had a Doberman at the time. And I was like, how was Lottie literally? And of course, her name was Lottie Dottie. We like Stefani. We don't cause her. Like if I had a cocktail, I poured a little out for her right now. Right. Um, but I'm not drinking cocktails, which we're going to talk about coming up soon on the podcast. I took dry January, yo, all the way. uh, I'm on day 40 today, Amanda, by the way. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll hit the pause button on that. But yeah, I was like, how is my dog going to go to the bathroom? So I've been thinking about Choo Choo and I'm glad she's surviving and thriving. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, probably a little too much information, but you know, she's pretty little she's a bougie little dog. She, but, you know, with all that snow, she'll pee right on the sidewalk. She's like, she will. I, go. <laughs> I love that you just called your dog a bougie little dog. She will she go. She's like, if I gotta go, I gotta go. Yeah. 
God lover, God lover. Well, this is going to be fun today, girl. We are, it's been a minute since I've had Amanda on and she is, if you don't know, you're about to know, she is the right-hand woman in my business and she is our chief experience officer at Hala Productions. And she is going to read me, read me some listener questions. I mean, we hear from so many of you and we get so many questions. So I want to start answering, like really answering your questions every month. And we're going to mix it up and we're going to shake it up. And I'm going to be rolling out a new show format, if you will, in March, plus sharing an exciting, a new exciting way for you to record your messages for me, like a way for you to share via audio your fear experiments, the changes you're making in your life, in your business since reading the book or using the Vibe and Thrive Planner. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to ask me your questions, record them, and get a chance to be on the show with me. I mean, that's really my intention to have you on the show with me for these Q&A episodes, but to also start peppering in your stories of success throughout the episodes I put out. I I really want to feature you. I want to feature and share your stories and have you ask your questions on the on the air. So stay tuned. We have some fun changes coming to the show flow and the content. But for now, Amanda is going to sort of be like our Q and A MC, and we have some kick ass questions lined up. So Amanda, I'm going to give them a little teaser of what they can expect. Okay. All right, let's do it. Okay, so we're going to be talking about how I come up with content on the regular. We're going to share our predictions for the meetings and events and travel industry. I mean, this is our background. We both come from this world. Uh, But whether you are from that industry or not, I mean, we're all affected by when travel gets back to being travel again and and what the future looks like for live meetings and events. We're going to talk about some predictions. Uh, Somebody asked me if I still plan to travel as much as I used to. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the glow up of the brand, my brand, and share some things that we're up to. And we're going to talk about when I get up and when I go to bed. And I'm even going to share some things with you that are on my personal vision board. So it's going to be juicy. Don't you think, Amanda? I do. The questions that came in this time around were they took the entire scope of personal to business. I was like, okay, let's do it. We said no topic off limits and they asked everything. I love that. No topic off limits. This is going to be fun. But first things first, let's shut out that fear boss of the week. Who is Nikki Lineberry? So Nikki Lineberry left a review on iTunes. Thank you, Nikki. And she wrote, Judy is my main flamingo. Because of Judy, I am obsessed with flamingos. Now, if you have read Fear is My Homeboy, you're going to know why. I have a thing for pink flamingos. But Nikki goes on to write, I owe her my success. She is 100% why and how I broke out of my shell and started excelling in my business and personal life. Nikki, actually, girl, you did it. I just helped remind you of the power you've always had. So I am so proud of you. And she writes, I am a fear boss. You are a fear boss, Nikki Lineberry, and you are also our fear boss of the week because you left that badass review on iTunes. So Nikki, send me a DM on Instagram with your mailing address or email me at hello at judyholler.com so I can get a fear boss swag bag out in the mail to you ASAP. And if you want to be our next fear boss of the week, all you got to do is leave a review on iTunes. It's that easy. Okay. So Amanda, I got a question for you. Did you know, did you know that my book, Here's My Homeboy is on Audible? Did you know that? 
funny. I, I think I did. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> okay. So if you like listening to podcasts, I have a feeling you probably dig listening to audiobooks. And if so, you're going to love my book. I read it. So that's cool, right? If you're listening to this podcast, you probably like my voice, right? So that's cool. And each chapter ends with a bonus podcast style Q&A between Amanda and I. And she does kind of what we're going to do in this show. She asks me a bunch of really awesome thought-provoking questions that help us take the ideas in each chapter even deeper. And boy, did we have fun filming that recording that rather audiobook, right? It was one of the most, it was really fun and I was so excited to do it. But as we were doing it, I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> it's something really I never expected to do, but it was such a, it was joy. Like I'm still so proud of that. What a fun okay. experience. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Oh my God. It was an honor to have you be a part of it. And the book is full of awesome surprises. So if you want to reframe your mindset on failure, if you want to build more confidence, this is the audiobook for you. I'm going to link up in the show notes so you can learn more and check out Fear is My Homeboy on Audible. Okay, Amanda, so let's get to it. I'm going to have you sort of take us away, take us into the question and answer um, and get the party started. What do, you, what do you have up your sleeve first for me? Well, and why know, am I always nervous about these? Because I sometimes know the direction, but I always love that we go down little rabbit holes too, which will be fun. We do. It's so much fun. And before we even get started, I got to tell you something. Hmm. So we're recording this on February 10th. Mm. And a memory came up yesterday. That's one of the things I love about social. And two years ago, yesterday, what arrived in the mail was the advanced reader copy of (gasps) my homeboy. And as you know, I never read any of the words of that book until I could read it like a fan because I was a fan first. And I just remember that night and I have to share this with you. I just knew that night I stayed up super late. I had to work the next day because I still worked my full-time job. And I read the whole book cover to cover. And I knew that my life was never going to be the same. Mm. And I know lots of listeners have read that book and also knew after their life would never be the same. So I was just excited to share that. It was a fun memory that popped up and, you know, a really special moment. That was a big deal for you. Oh my God. I have goosebumps already. Uh, like, okay. Like we're a few minutes into the podcast and I, I I already want to cry that that is amazing. And that was such a beautiful, um, memory to share because I remember it too. And what I love so much is like, we would be sending you because there was edits going on back and forth and you had just joined my team. And I remember you wouldn't look at any of the edits. You're like, I want to read the book when it gets into my hands. And yeah, you got one of those ARCs, which is an an advanced reader's copy so that we could like tear it apart and double check everything. And I love that that was, I can't believe that was two years ago. Yeah, because the book came out two years ago. It'll be two years this May, which is insane. Yeah. Change. I mean, so much has changed for both of us. And then again, so much has changed in the world, but we'll get to that. Oh my God. And that's like a perfect transition because it's all about that glow up, isn't it? I mean, we have glown up. Is glown up a thing? I know everybody's talking about the glow up, but I feel like we have grown up and glown up. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. It is a glown up. <laughs> it's a glown up. We've glown up, everybody. We have glown up. And I hope I keep gloning up, right? Like glow up. Like I want to grow up, sure. But I really want to glow up, right? I want my light to become even brighter. I want your light to become even brighter. I want everyone listening right now. I want your light to become even brighter. That's a glow up. 
that's glowing up, right? I mean, we're going to grow up, but let's glow up. I think that's a whole vibe in itself, right? It is a whole vibe. Yeah, it is. I was thinking about the last time that I was here. Mm. And this is actually the first time that I've been on the yes and with Judy Holler podcast versus the beer boss. Mm -hmm. uh, So why don't you tell us a little bit about that glow up you were just mentioning? Yeah, so cool. So it's so funny when we were doing the intro for this show, I almost said, welcome back to the Fear Boss show. And like sometimes it just rolls off my tongue, right? But um, yeah, you know, I... I, I love the glow up. So let's talk about that just a little bit more. I, I put a post up on Instagram the other day. If you're not following link up in the show notes, I love hanging out on the gram, but I put a, a quote that said, boss up, glow up, level up, rise up. It doesn't matter how you get there as long as you keep getting up. Right. And that's the key word in any of those pop culture phrases that people love. Right. And this is really what creating anything in entrepreneurship is really all about. It's the getting up. It's the trying, it's the failing, it's the trying again, failing again, and doing things a little bit differently, right? Which we do a ton of in the the business. And it's really all about becoming, and I really hope you hear this. It's really about becoming relentless in your pursuit of failure, because that is the only way you get closer to getting it right through lots and lots of attempts of getting it wrong. So yes, I feel like my entire biz and my entire brand is going through a glow up, no doubt about it. And also like me as a human, we just talked about that a little bit. So um, this is episode 59 of the podcast, which means I have been publishing weekly episodes for a year. And there was a two week break in there though, um, where I had switched podcast producers. I went from publishing, um, sort of on my own, this podcast with a a small amount of help to uh, signing a contract with a a podcast company, soul fire productions, and they're incredible, but a year of consistent podcasting is huge. And it's taught me a lot. And one of the big things that happened when I signed on with soul fire was a conversation about the podcast, its title, and the overall brand moving forward. Do you remember that phone call when I told you, I think we're changing the name? I do. I distinctly remember the phone call. And we were both so excited about the opportunity to bring in, you know, Soulfire. So it was just, it was all fun. Lots of good things have come out of it. A hundred percent. And we bring people into our business to shake things up, to see things that we don't see. So this sign, this yes and sign uh, was a ne- it has been in neon in my o- office since May of 2020. It was a birthday gift from my husband. And it was really timely because everything was going virtual and I was doing all these keynotes. And so it made my office really high vibe. And I love neon. I've always loved neon. And yes and is, if you've been following, you know, but it's the root of all improv theater. And it's a mindset that keeps me sane and successful. So when they said to me, Kelly, I love you. If you happen to be listening to the show, she's like, I think we should change your podcast name to yes. And literally a jolt of electricity went through my body and I knew it was perfect. And I also instantly thought, oh my God, why did I do that in the first place? It's so magical. So right. So good. And it's funny because sometimes it's the things closest to you that you have the hardest time seeing. Oh, I absolutely love the change. I mean, I'm a fear boss. I love our fear boss community. But, you know, as you've kind of grown up, you've you've grown up, right? Yeah. And so kind of adjusting that mindset from first learning how to do fear experiments, which is the keystone cornerstone of the work that you do and and really what you teach best to like really living in a different mindset. It's been incredible. 
So as we start this conversation, can we talk a little bit about the pivot? Ooh, the pivot, the P word that ever, I like that. I can't, I mean, I love it. I like, I kind of like, yeah, it makes me like the gag reflex kicks in. I'm sure you hate the, the, the P word as much as uh, Amanda and I are not fans of it, but like, let's just talk about that for a minute because fuck the pivot. You are pivoting. You are improvising. You are improvising every single day. Let me, let me give you the formal definition of improv theater. It is two or more people collaborating in environments of uncertainty with the common goal of creating a solution. Can I get a motherfucking amen and a moment of silence for that truth bomb? Yo, that's what we're all doing. When I first heard you say that, like, this is not a pivot, we are improvising. I was like, it actually takes away this like negative connotation of like, we have to pivot. Like, no, we're just improvising. We're just doing what everybody does every day. What's absolutely necessary to survive in this very fast paced world. A hundred percent. Every day you are working in teams. That's an ensemble, right? I may be, you may be a solopreneur, but I don't get there without the tribe around me, helping me build what I want to build. And every day you're collaborating. I mean, if you are a parent right now and you got a small child, I say this from the stage of my keynotes. Like if you, I always, I say to all the parents, I'm like, where are my parents at? Raise your hands. All the parents raise their hand. I'm like, okay. If you are a parent right now and you have a small child in your house, just simply getting them out of the home with their hair brushed and their clothes on is an improv performance. And these days you are homeschooling children. Okay. You've got everybody in your house. That is improv. Cause none of us were trained for that. You weren't given a script for that. And every day you are moving through uncertainty and we will. And I hate to tell you this, never stop moving through uncertainty. Things are co- the only thing constant in this life is change. And so you thinking like an improviser, empowers you. Instead of bringing that negative mindset to the table, which is to me the pivot. The pivot means, oh, we're pivoting. We need to, you know, the improvising means, aha, now we're in a creative space of flow where we're going to see possibility and we're going to make some moves, but we don't need to like sit down and do a PowerPoint presentation and corporately pivot. The pivot just feels hard to me. You know what I mean? It does. You just described it so brilliantly, right? It takes the power away from the negativity and actually almost empowers you to see opportunity. That's so beautiful. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that change. So obviously if you've been listening, you know that we've added products and now there's the Vibe and Thrive Planner and that's wonderful. But the entire Judy Holler brand has really experienced some changes and has blown up. So can you talk a little bit about that to all of us? Yeah, happy to answer that. And it's funny, I got a DM a while back from someone in my past, someone from the old events world that I used to work in. Um, and this person DM'd me in a very passive aggressive way that, and they said, you've changed. And there were other things in this DM, but the, the, the moral of the story was, you know, you've changed. To which I responded, well, ah, I certainly hope so. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I took the ball and left, right? And that was the end of that conversation. I don't play around with negative people, places, and or things. And I most certainly never take advice or criticism from someone who isn't also in the arena, from someone who I wouldn't trade places with in a second. And guess what? 
neither should you, right? There is a way to have conversations with people and there's a way not to. And that certainly wasn't the way to have a conversation with me and to talk about how I've changed because I most certainly have. And I believe I've blown up for the better. I feel like you have as well too. And I feel like we all always should be, right? I'm changing and so are you. And because I'm changing, so are my priorities, so are my goals, so are my desires, so are my intentions for who I want to be and how I want to want to feel and, and what I want to do. So a few things. Personally, um, I'm glowing up personally in a couple of ways. Number one, I'm really starting to trust myself more, um, trying hard to turn off all that outside noise and turn up a little bit more of my inner noise. And I know we talk a lot about this, Amanda. It's like, trust yourself. Like, what is your gut really saying? Because it's easy. I mean, you watch our emails just like I do. I mean, you we have people coming at us from all directions and there's so many rabbit holes I could go down. And that's when I start to get really overwhelmed because I, I look around too much. And every time I look around, I freak out. You know, you've had to talk me off multiple ledges. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is hard once you start looking around, but the thing that you and I always talk about is that your gut is so good Mm -hmm. and you have so much power in just that belief that you are the one that knows the direction that you are supposed to go best. No one else can tell you that it's you. Yes. Yes. Agreed. The other thing personally I'm working on is saying no without guilt and saying yes without fear. And and so much so that I've even started writing a part of our Vibe and Thrive Planner has 10 IM power statements. So I've been writing things like I am allowed to say no. uh, And I am, you know, and I will say yes without fear today, or I am allowed to change my mind, by the way. That's another big one and something I just went through recently. But yeah, that would be number three. That's the biggest change is like, I'm allowed to change my mind and I'm not going to feel bad about that. I'm not going to feel guilty about that. I mean, a lot of times you have to go try something to decide whether you like it or not. So, you know, and I'm also trying to really slow down those yeses because I get excited. You know this about me. Like, I'm like, yay, let's go. And there are so many things that are hell yeses for me. And that's really my measure. Is it a hell yes? Is it a hell no? but you can't do it all. And I have to really, whether it's bringing a new team member into the company or hiring a new coach or bringing on a new vendor, like I get excited and I want to do all the things. And when we move too fast and we don't listen long enough, we can make decisions that end up hurting us more than helping us. Right. And we're in a couple of those situations right now in the business. So it's like just really slowing down my yes to make sure this is really what I need the business needs we need right now, you know, because there's a million things we could go do. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. So the brand, the brand, you know, we've done some really cool things. I mean, we have to have a conversation about Brian. We love our graphic designer. Uh, He's uh, awesome. And he is slowly, we've hired a new guy and he is slowly um, glowing up our entire brand. We're taking one thing at a time. And this was a game changer and a really big girl business move for me. And I was really scared at first because he ain't cheap but you get what you pay for. And let me tell you, this guy is gold. So we are going through everything and kind of updating all of our business assets. That's really helping us with the glow up. We're glowing it up from the presentations to the newsletters, to social media, to our website, just making sure that everything we touch has that holla look, feel, 
and vibe. So that's one way we're glowing up. I also met a local photographer, which is awesome. And she's really helped me um, get updated on brand assets for marketing myself, the books and the business. And that was a big confidence booster for me because I got really behind and my images were years old because I couldn't get to Chicago where I always went to go shoot everything. And, uh, you know, it felt good to kind of update the brand and pump some oxygen into those images. Um, I'm working with a new coach, which is great. So that's new energy and actually flying out to Palm Springs in a couple of weeks to set strategy with him. And can I just pause there? God, that feels fancy as fuck. Right. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just flying out to Palm Springs to go hang out with my personal business coach. I mean, Jesus, is that bougie or is that bougie? No, you know what it is? As somebody that's worked hard, you've come a long way, baby. Right. I've earned that. I earned yeah. writing that check and no doubt about it. But I tell you, working with a coach uh, to help you level up is transformational and he's going to really help pump some oxygen in the business. And I'll be running back to brief Amanda and the team on all things that'll come out of that. But that's happening. And then, of course, yo, our Vibe and Thrive planner, that has been a big glow up. Um, building out the planner, the masterclass, all of that has been a dream come true. And we're only, we're only just getting started there. You know, mental wellness is finally (laughs) getting the attention it deserves and goals are the ladder out of where you are to where you want to go. Yet I have, I have never really seen goals blended with mental health. And that was the big wish I had for this curriculum and the masterclass and everything in the the Vibe and Thrive Lifestyle brand. I really want to change that conversation because I think goals and high-performance habits are dependent upon your vibe, your mental health, and your the most important real estate you own, which is the headspace in between your two ears, right? So um, listen, it takes guts to set goals, to build good habits, to make yourself a priority, to embrace change, and to take really seriously the blueprint of your life. But it also takes flexibility. And that's where improv comes in. So the Vibe and Thrive brand, the planner, it has all of the things. It's got improv and courage building tools and mental health prompts, and of course, high performance habits. And as you know, we've got so much in store, Amanda, for the Vibe and Thrive brand, from courses to community to live events to cause-based products. So yo, stay in touch with us on Instagram and all the things. And if you're not in our on our newsletter, you got to sign up for the newsletter. If you're on Instagram, click that link in my bio, get my newsletter, because really that group is the first group of people uh, to hear everything new we're rolling out in the brand. And if you buy the planner, um, we put you on our Vibe and Thrive newsletter list. So you get a special Vibe and Thrive newsletter every month dedicated to building those high performance habits. So we'll put links to everything in the show notes. But yo, I mean, I am like, that is the one thing in the business and the glow up of the business that I am the most excited about right now, the Vibe and Thrive lifestyle brand and community that we're building there. It's been incredible. And Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of how organic communities are built. The people that are vibing and thriving right now are just, they're bar none. They're achieving so many goals and we're only halfway through February. This is, it's It's insane. It's so inspiring. It's so, we have a private group and even like our fear, fear boss page on Facebook, we have a private fear boss page. Um, so you can, we'll link up to that in the show notes. If you want to be connected to this community, but the stories Like if I want to feel good or if I'm having a weird day, I will literally go scroll that page and just watch 
And it's inspiration scrolling, not doom scrolling. It's inspiration scrolling. You just watch people connecting with each other and you hear all these brave stories. It's empowering. We'll link up. But let me tell you, the Vibe and Thrive Party is just getting started. It is just getting started. I can't wait to see where all of this goes. Same. One of the things that you didn't necessarily talk about in the glow up just now was how your keynotes will experience a glow up because you are a keynote speaker. That is kind of your initial platform. So tell us um, a little bit, maybe explain how the glow up is there. I love that. Well, the good news is that my signature keynotes on courage are even more relevant now with everything going on in the world, right? I mean, life is improv and my keynotes use improv to help you build confidence, face fear and get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Please raise your hand if you'd like any more of that in your life. Like, hell yes. So, I mean, I feel so grateful that the work that we've created is really evergreen and timeless. It can really help people navigate the change that is just non-negotiable in, in life. That said, I'm always, always customizing my work specific to the groups I speak to, but the bones of my current talks are strong and solid and relevant, which is super fucking exciting. That said, um, I've got new talks in the works and I'm flushing those out right now, which is great. And I'm working with my speech coach this summer to bring a few new talks to life. Uh, I've got a signature vibe and thrive keynote in the works and, and even a, a yes and talk, which is, which is really exciting. And a uh, final disclaimer here, I may drop a lot of F-bombs here on the podcast, but yo, you'll never see me cuss on stage. So don't you worry about that. I keep it really clean. No sex, politics, religion, or F-bombs, but uh, I will drop one from time to time here on the pod because sometimes it just feels good to get it out. But yeah, the keynotes are glowing up. They are glowing up. And they were already magic. Already up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the best parts of this job is that I've gotten to see you on stage so many times and there is nothing like Mm. being at an event with a great keynote speaker where the energy is just so high. The vibe is so high. And you just know that if you touch one person, lives are changing. So it's so good. And it's been fun to do it virtual. Like we're so, we're so blessed, like so grateful that, you know, so many of our clients and new clients and future clients that we have on the books, everybody seems to be adapting to virtual so well. And, you know, and it's great. And we're still able to do the work and I'm on a different stage, but I'm still on stage, which is great. But boy, nothing really, you know, nothing beats the energy, the, you know, the energy. Um, of those live events, you know, so I can't, I can't wait to be back in those live rooms. Yeah, me neither. So I feel like this couldn't be a more perfect segue Mm. to one of our next questions in from someone in our community, you know, how do you see the future of events, a live event specifically Mm. changing? Yeah, I definitely want to jam on this with you because you have, you know, we both have a really strong uh, live events background and we've built uh, successful careers in that space, which I think, by the way, has really lent itself to being successful in this business because we we understand, I mean, the root. I mean, I really started in the business as a keynote speaker. So I think us having that background that, you know, being able to walk the walk and talk the talk and understanding everything from DMCs to DMOs to convention center space to, um, you know, attrition and force majeure and how to contract and cancellation clauses. Like we wrote those contracts for how many years on the back end? And now we're just writing them from a different perspective. So I 
love the live events business. I am absolutely in love with it. Uh, there is, is nothing like the energy of a buzzing convention center, the pomp and circumstance of a badass general session room with all the AV, the roaring, roaring waves of laughter and applause that flow out of a general session room into the hallways. And you're like, what's going on in the room? I'm missing out. I shouldn't have taken a bathroom break. And, you know, the time you get away from your family, you know, and I mean that with love (laughs) to really focus, like whether, your family or just your normal environment, the time you get away to be with yourself, to focus on your work is, is unparalleled. And the connections and the hugs and the high fives, I mean, with other humans, I mean, nothing beats it. Right. And I think that our industry has proven that we can adapt and embrace technology, but I believe we're all on the same page. Like we're running around like zombies, right? Like we're all over it. Um, and we've, we've also proven that nothing, we can adapt and we're improvisers and that's what we do, but nothing beats the energy of a live room. So I certainly have some predictions, but I definitely want to like kind of jam with you a little bit on this, uh, on what, you know, what you think. And I mean, I don't know. It's like hard to get excited about things coming back because the second you get excited, you feel like everything's like taken away. You're like, oh my God, I'm excited, but then it's gone. I'm excited and then it's gone. But I definitely, I mean, I'll just riff on a couple of low key things and then I can give you some of my predictions. And I'm curious what your personal predictions are too, but you know, I, masks are going to be around for a while and they should be right until there is a vaccine and cases have dramatically reduced. I mean, we're going to be living in a max mask world. I mean, I think we were talking the other day about just airline travel in general. I mean, I really think for the next decade, I mean, most of us that, that travel will probably just wear masks when we travel. I, you know, I kind of see that happening and maybe a good best practice, right. To fight off any sort of flu or any sort of you know, germy situation. Cause it's, it's pretty dirty, but I have to say the airlines I've flown a couple of times. I have never seen a cleaner plane in my entire life. The hotels are doing such an incredible job. I see small events kind of coming back faster than the big, large events. Um, but it's funny, like I was watching the super bowl and I'm like, there's freaking how many people were there? I'm like, we can't have a convention but we got 60,000 people in a stadium at the Super Bowl. Let's go. Like, what is happening? So I'm curious to know where your head and heart is on some of the stuff. But I look at that Super Bowl game. I'm like, we can't have meetings, but we can have 60,000 people in a Super Bowl game. And I tell you, they were not all socially distant. They were not. I have to agree with you. So, you know, like <laughs> you, I spent 20 years in the business and a high level job. And I have a lot of opinions. But the one thing I want to say first, and one of the memes that filtered around social was like, the people that need to be building these logistical plans for vaccines are event profs. Okay. And I believe OG Jackie B in New York City, who has been out of work, her company obviously in New York has not had any event business since February. Mm-hmm. And she is now working in the coordination of vaccine sites. And so is her staff. And so they are Damn. back to work. And it's like when you think about the qualities of a person that works in the event business, the resiliency, the determination, just the overall mm. personalities that that they are get drawn. shit done. Yeah. They get shit done. Like, give me a run of show. I'm going to schedule this out, and we are going to make it happen. You're very type A type hustlers in that business. God, what a yeah. great point. You also know how to coordinate, to collaborate, yeah. to work together as a team. There is no one single person that's executing any kind of live event, regardless of the scale alone. So you're always working together. And so one of the predictions I see is that 
we're going to bounce back. Mm. And the bounce back is going to be legitimate. And in the same breath that I say that, I also, you know, I really want people to remember though, that having time at home and having space and not being at people's beck and calls was empowering and healthy. And I really hope that in the spirit of we all need money, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that have been hungry for a lot of months for work, but they don't just go back to doing everything all the time that they do put some, you know, boundaries in place on their time and their availability, because even event profs deserve some time off, some downtime, dinner with their family, weekends off from time to time. So, you know, that's one of my predictions is that we'll just go right back into the we're so tired, we're so busy, we're so crazy busy, we're so miserable Mm. and kind of forget, you know, have a short memory of this. And, you know, everything that you said earlier in the question about your globe would not be possible, Judy, without the pandemic. It was, these are all gifts that you have found inside of the stillness. So that's not really an overall industry prediction. I love that. It's beautiful. And it's important. I really hope everybody hears that because we are quick to forget, you know, it's like, you know, women who have a baby, you know, they go on and have five more babies, you know, because you have the love of your baby. Hold on. My dog is like trying to get in. JMO. No, (laughs) he's like nudging the door. Did you say baby? Baby. Do you say baby? I'm the baby. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Wait, I'm the baby. The baby has arrived. Okay. That was my German. You can even leave this in. That was my German shepherd trying to get into my office. Um, but I'm talking about the other kind of baby. Like, so, you know, you go on and you have multiple kids and we're quick to forget, right? The pain sometimes. So I really hope that is a hope I have for the future, but I know that is going to profoundly affect my future and my life. Um, we're going to make decisions and I'm already making decisions very different differently. And I think we may talk about some of that, but you know, from an overall high level, I mean, I really agree. I thought that was a beautiful addition. I really believe this is going to be, we're going to come back. I think it's going to be a year of recovery. Um, while we can't expect all of last year's lost jobs and revenue to return all at once, um, there's a number of encouraging signs that the industry is going to be in a better place by this time next year. I read an awesome, I read a couple of studies in, in researching for this specific question, and I'll link up to the article I read in the show notes. It was really really, really helpful. But studies are predicting that hotels will add 200,000 operational jobs this year, but still remain 500,000 below pre-pandemic levels, right? Of 2.3 million employees. So this is encouraging because we're the, the bounce back is happening, uh, but it's going to be a slow build, right? It's going to take some time for us to recover. I also, and Amanda, we're seeing this in the business big time, decisions are going to be made fast. I mean, we are seeing this short-term contracts, quick signings, events, booking weeks out, right? So I really see um, lots of fast short-term decisions. I read that 38% of decision makers will choose between hybrid, virtual, or in-person for their events within the first quarter of this year, which is happening right now. And about 40% of planners say that they will settle on a platform for their events by March. So if 
your books are slow or if things feel weird, it's because they're still deciding. They're trying to decide, you know, will my annual happen in the fall? Will my summer sales meeting be an in-person kickoff or am I taking that virtually? Or do I need a hybrid option? Uh, because half of the, the room will want to be there and then half might not feel comfortable. So it sounds like our planners right now are making some decisions. So hang tight. I also see that as good news, uh, meaning we could have a really bit busy April, May, um, June as we fill up our falls, which is which is awesome, either virtually or in person. But we're seeing quick decisions. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Amanda? Things happening fast. Uh, yeah, I think they're mitigating risk, right? Yeah. So they want to make sure that they know exactly what the plan is before booking talent or making other decisions. So we're booking much closer to event date than we ever have in the past. Ever have, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the third thing, I've got five predictions. The third one is that COVID's echo will likely be felt all year long and, and, and possibly, and I mean, of course we'll be talking about, this is one for the history books. We've lived through it. We're living through it, but there's a study that came out from Innovatus Group, uh, a leading association management company. They found that 70% of its respondents say the top factors in ushering in a return to in-person events will be, and we've talked about this, a significant drop in COVID cases and widespread vaccinations. Restrictions like social distancing and smaller group sizes aren't going to play as big of a role. We want to know, is there a vaccine and have the cases dropped? And then I think people are going to start feeling more comfortable to drop the mask in safe environments and feel a little bit more comfortable getting on planes or being in larger group settings. So that was an interesting uh, thing I read, but I do feel we're going to, that echo is going to continue to ripple all year long. I don't think number four virtual is going to go away. It won't be on the back burner. Uh, you know, the data is optimistic that brands will return to in-person events, but 2020 opened the door to reaching larger numbers of attendees through virtual events. And that's not going to be lost on smart planners, right? So virtual attendees can't be treated as an afterthought. I think hybrid is going to be in our face even more. I mean, I'm doing an event in Scottsdale. I'm flying out there. It's in person, but half of the room is in person, small group, like 50, 50 people in the room or 30 people in the room and 30 people hybrid. They're splitting their team up because half is comfortable, half isn't. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And also to add here, Amanda, I did an event for Alhai the other day and it was sponsored by a, a hotel in Carolina. And the two salespeople kind of opened up the, the, the presentation, you know, they were the sponsor of the big event. So they opened up, you know, doing their little pitch, but we, God, there was maybe, I think, Oh, I think we got up to 1200 people on this it was a little over a thousand, if I'm remembering correctly, about a thousand virtual attendees. And oh, am I making that up? Maybe it was 500. The moral of the story, it was a big room. So these two sales managers open up and they coordinated like a virtual site visit of their hotel. And they had a camera. It was all pre-recorded, and they were voiceovering it, right? So they were like, and now here you are in a gift shop and here's our pool and here's our this. It was so cool. And I thought to myself, you know, I come from the hotel world. I used to be a sales manager doing those side visits on the regular. And I'd maybe do 30, 50 of those a year and one association at a time. They just gave a site visit to almost a thousand people, 50% of which were meeting planners. So 500 companies and associations and organizations got eyes on their property in the matter of 15, 20 minutes. And I think that is a cool 
opportunity and a cool possibility. I mean, it doesn't beat being there and, you know, experiencing the hotel and catching the vibe in Carolina. Right. But you know, that's a, that's a cool change. Yeah. It's a really creative twist and something that would probably have been vehemently opposed to before that'll now be a part of business. I mean, look, I went traveled all over the world. I did site visits and I'll tell you what, by the fifth hotel, I'm like, not look at another comforter. I'm over it. So to have that option for a serial also introvert like me, that would be great because there are things I want to see in person. And then there were things I wanted to see. So it was brilliant. And, you know, before we get off this like virtual option, have you seen the VR kind of tech that all seated has introduced? It's like a virtual trade show. Where there are actual physical booths that you virtual in virtual reality walk to, you interact in real time with the person at the booth. It's incredible. And if you are looking for something, I'm not affiliated with them um, whatsoever, but All Seated has done like gamified their business. It Mm -hmm. is incredible. And it's all A-L-L Seated, S-E-A-T-E-D. Okay. We'll link up in the show notes. That's incredible because I do think about the trade show organizers and the trade showers. I mean, cause that's how so many, so much revenue is built right in the industry. Um, and how do we make that experience still profitable and impactful? So yeah, virtual, virtual is not going anywhere. And number five, my final prediction is that it's going to be about to be right, right. For all the optimism I have and love for the events industry I have, it's not going to be easy. Um, Uncertainty still remains over the vaccine rollout and um, how federal, state, and local agencies are managing travel and crowd control. I mean, going back to the Super Bowl, I'd love to sit on a panel and understand how some of those decisions were made and how they're controlling all that stuff. Um, So I really think potential attendees are going to stay on the fence longer about making the trip, right? After all, there are a lot of people that are, are are out of the habit of traveling while companies are also still trying to figure out the pros and cons of flight costs and travel costs, et cetera. I also read in Trade Show News Network that attendees are waiting until the last minute to register for events and book travel. And for those who register, there's going to be more no-shows than usual. So just be prepared for a roller coaster ride. And I think that is fair. So what can we, we can't control other people, places, and things, but what can we control? How you show up, focus on what you can control, um, work against your deliverables in your job. Make sure if you don't have a job, focus on, uh, doing something every day to, and to change that, right. But focus on what you can control instead of the doom scrolling and all the things we can't control, but the future looks bright. Our industry, the events industry, live events, meetings, travel, it will rebound. It is rebounding and watch out world because I, I can tell you something the second we get that clearance I mean we're I mean meetings are going to be on fire and I don't think people will ever take for granted again the impact of being in room and in space and in community together oh I could not agree with you more I mean you and I were in Vegas shortly before everything went down and we met some incredible women and I stay in touch with them. And in normal life, I might not have, but they're like the last humans that I met uh, before all of this happened. So they mean something to me. But yeah. you said something really interesting. Uh, you said something along the lines of many people are out of the habit of traveling and that would include you. Mm-hmm. So we had a question from Tracy, uh, which was really a good question. Do you want to travel less? And focus on the things you've been working on over the last 10 months. And I think everybody would love to hear your answer. 
So, I mean, first, yes, I'm obsessed with what I've been doing and creating over the last 10 months. And I, you know, completely plan to continue down that path. But damn, I can't wait to get back on stage. And keynote speaking is my superpower. It's my favorite part of the business. And even though that I've been able to do it virtually, it's not the same. That said, that said, pre-COVID, I was on the road half of the month. And most of my weeks, I was only home for a few days in order to reset, regroup, and repack for the next trip. And as much as I love to travel and love the speaking side of my business, I have definitely come to realize how out of balance I was. You know, it's a hard life. Traveling for a living and the hustle of constant motion, it may seem glamorous from the outside, but it can be hard and lonely and unhealthy and and even scary at times. So my answer, Tracy, is yes and no. Yes, I plan to keep traveling, and I have been safely for business, but with more intention. And I want to be slower with my yeses, making sure that if I'm getting on a plane, that I'm doing it for the right reasons, not because I feel like I have to. I've done a lot of this stuff, right? I feel like I have to do it. And also because now we have diversified our revenue streams. So I have a, I have more choice and more freedom, right? I mean, think about it. Pre-COVID, 80% of my money came from speaking. Our business was funded by my speaking business. And that is not the case anymore. So this allows me freedom, the freedom to say no, that this event isn't for me, or no, I don't want to speak for that fee, or no, I won't travel to that town. Now I have more freedom because my business and its success isn't only dependent on speaking. Also, I'm not gonna lie. I've really come to love the routines and habits I've developed while in quarantine, but I also know I can take them on the road with me, uh, which makes the hardness of travel feel softer. And to sum it up, all I got to say is vibe and thrive, baby. That planner will go with me everywhere I go. You know, the time at home has definitely changed habits for a lot of people like you. And People used to ask you, well, how do you maintain your morning routine when you're on the road? And now that you've spent so much time at home, like how have other habits changed? One of the questions that we got, which I thought was funny is like, what time do you go to bed? And do you wake up to an alarm? I love it. I love it. Okay. So first things first, if you have not listened to last week's episode, episode 58, it is all about my, what I call my million dollar mornings. You have got to listen to it. It has all the freaking things in it. So go listen to last week's episode, number one. But I go to bed usually between 10 and 11 p.m. um, And I wake up most days at 6 a.m., between 6 and 7. Sometimes on Monday, it's so funny, all week long, I have thought, um, I thought I'm a day off because I thought Monday was Sunday because I was off my routine on Monday. I let myself sleep in. My body needed it. I didn't vibe and thrive plan Sunday night. That's okay. You're going to get off your hustle. But most days between 10 and 11, uh, I'm going to bed up at six and I set my iPhone alarm. It's uh, across the room, charged on my dresser. It is not by my bed. I also have my iPhone set up so that all my apps black out after 8 p.m. and my phone goes back on at 7 a.m. So I can text and I can make phone calls if I need to, but everything blacks out. So I am no social, no email, none of it, right? It is it is me really focusing on getting rid of that screen time so I can go to sleep and it's been a game changer. That has to be a game changer. I would be curious what that app is. Not yeah. even an app. It's just a setting on your phone. When you go into your iPhone alarm, you can choose to do your morning alarm and it's a daily alarm. So it just goes off. It's Monday through Friday, but then you can also set downtime in your 
a screen time. It's a setting on your phone. Just go into your applications. I will, um, I will put a little uh, how to in the, in the show notes and uh, make a note there, Amanda, so we can tell people like which place to go, but yeah, you, it's all in your phone. It's in the settings set up, do not disturb time and use that morning alarm Monday through Friday. It's, it's awesome. And it's got a really great tone that wakes you up and it increases over time, the volume. It's really nice. That has to be a total game changer. Game changer. Um, I know that you have a solid morning routine, uh, definitely including vibe and thrive, you know, 80 for 20, you thrive, you strive to do it most of the time. But one of the questions that we got, which also was really good is what is on your vision board? I love this question. Um, I love people's vision boards too. I love seeing what's on people's vision boards. Um, so I have two, two rituals uh, that relates to vision boards here. So number one, I have a quarterly vision board that is in the Vibe and Thrive Planner. This is a, an exercise we teach you in that curriculum and in the planner. So this is usually like a letter to myself or words that inspire me or stickers or images from Pinterest, whatever. I kind of roll with it each quarter to set the vibe for where I'm going in that next 90 days. That said, I also have my larger annual vision board that hangs in my bathroom. Uh, My husband and I make them on New Year's Day and we hang them there so we can see them every day when we wake up and they're the last thing we look at before we go to bed. And it's been awesome. I mean, there are legit times I will be not wanting to work out And I go into my bathroom and I see a picture of Robin Arzan staring at me next to a quote that says movement is medicine. And then I go get my ass on the bike because Robin Arzan and a photo of her is on my vision board and she's a Peloton instructor. That said, I've also got other things um, on my vision board, vacation spots. I'm dreaming about uh, the location of our next home, my dream car. I have had the white Porsche SUV with black rims. Oh girl. And that clean tan interior on my vision board for three years. Now, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I have been staring at that car. I have loved cars. I'm a car girl. I love fast cars. So I've had that Porsche on my vision board for a while. Um, I've got a private plane on my vision board because you know what? A girl can dream about getting on that private plane and flying herself around the country. I've got my word of the year, which is undaunted. I've got words that inspire me, right? So unstoppable, slow down, simplify, save money, say no, keep calm. And I have stages that I want to speak on and lots and lots of color, lots and lots of color. Of course, that doesn't surprise us. I'm sure there's some pink on there. (laughs) I will take a picture of it. You know what I'll do? I'll post it on Instagram in the next, maybe I'll queue it up for my next week Instagram so that everybody can see what's, what's going on on my, on my vision board. Yeah. People are just so curious. And I think some of it is the permission to dream big, right? So yeah. they just want to know that they can put that kind of stuff. We feel on. afraid to share it because we're like, oh my God, people are going to see like a Porsche. People are going to see a plane. They're going to think, oh my, who, who cares? Dream it, glow it up, glow. If you are afraid of it, if you are limiting yourself in that part of the process, how do you think you're going to earn it in real life? If you can't even dream it, how are you going to earn it? Amen. That is the truth. Truth. That so, is the truth. When it comes to your vision board, can I ask, um, how has your vision board changed as the world has, or maybe it hasn't? Yeah, such a good question. So last year, there was a lot of hustle, move, grow, big, fast, New York Times bestseller, go, go, go kind of stuff, right? And this year, it's a lot of flow. 
a lot of slowness, a lot of trust words, health words, balance. Uh, my car is still there. The plane and the stages are still there, but my focus has changed. More intention, less hustle. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone. I can certainly speak to myself. It just feels a lot less important to see how fast we can move, how much hustle we can have, although we all continue to hustle. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of people in our community and probably a lot of people listening have used this time in furlough or lockdown or quarantine, whatever you want to call it at this point, to kind of map out the life of their dreams to really decide what they want to do. And a lot of that now has turned into people developing their personal brand. And we got a ton of questions about social media. And one of them is, how do you constantly come up with new content for social media, for podcasting, for keynotes? People are so curious to know. Oh my God, let's talk about it. Okay. So number one, I have my head on a swivel. I am always looking for new ideas and things to share with you as a storyteller, because that's what you are. Okay. You tell stories no matter what you do for a living. So are you collecting them? I'm always thinking about that, which means I think in metaphors, right? I am always thinking, okay, this just happened to me. How can I use it? How could I teach this? How could this be a story I share? How can I make this relatable to the community, right? I also live in my notes app on my phone and I keep lists for everything. So as an idea pops up, I save it and can go back to it, right? I also set weekly themes so I know what to focus on every week. I use the books in my office for inspiration and I have saved tagged things in Instagram that inspire me so I can come back to them. So I'm basically like, and you should become one too, an idea DJ, right? Um, your job is to take things that happen to you and put your spin on them, to take an idea that inspires you and remix it. You know, I'm not the only one talking about fear, but I am the only one talking about making fear your homeboy, right? I am not the only one talking about goals and habits, but I am the only one who can do it my way. So what's your way? What inspires you? What excites you? What has you thinking right now? Uh, then go talk about it. Become a collector of stories and homework assignments. Go listen to episode 15 of this podcast. Go back into the archives. It's going to be the Fear Boss Show, so you can catch a vibe and see how the show has progressed over the years. Um, but it'll get your creative juices flowing because I share all of my secrets. Episode 15. That's one of the things I love most about podcasts because you can always go back to the content because you've produced so many good episodes that really share an incredible amount of information. Uh, kind of turning or staying in the same lane as social media, one of the other people in our community asked about how you differentiate yourself, like especially early on, how did you decide what was going to make you different and kind of roll with that? I love it. Well, first of all, I took a lot of mistakes and a lot of getting it wrong so I could get closer to getting it right. Remember, no mistakes, only gifts. We're going to either win or learn, but we don't lose. Uh, so that's number one, really embracing that failure mindset, failing forward, failing hard, celebrating it, making a move. That was number one. Uh, and then number two, I went in it all in on the stuff that made me different. Um, when you are starting a business or something new, 
it is easy to blend in and follow the crowd and do what everyone else is doing. But this is also how you end up boring and the same and kind of forgettable. And if you're doing this, don't freak out right now because I did it too. Early on, I would look around. I'd be like, well, she's doing this. I should do this. Or she's doing that. I should do that. Or he's doing this. Oh yeah. I should do this. What all the other speakers are doing. I should certainly do this. It's like right now, everybody's on freaking clubhouse. That's amazing. But I cannot make, I cannot seem to make myself like it. So listen, if you're not having fun, you're going to burn out. You've only got a certain amount of willpower to get you through the day, right? So why are you wasting your energy on doing shit to please other people or doing things because you think you need to do it because that's what Joe Schmo that you're comparing yourself to is doing, right? So I will end this question by saying this. The second I started playing more, focusing on what felt fun and stopped, key, this is key, stopped looking around so much, it began to happen. So stop looking around. It will kill you softly and slowly and immediately suck all the life out of what you love to do. So can I just ask a question uh, personally? So as you were saying that, like, how do you differentiate looking around to, because you're also, we need to inspire, right? So we need inspiration. So what is the difference between finding inspiration from like other people and looking around? Yes. Such a good question. My meter on that is. If it, if I am looking around and the person I'm looking at, cause yes, we have to look around. Like if you want cool, creative outputs in your business, you have to have cool, creative inputs. So be very mindful about who you follow and what you put in your life. So I have graffiti artists and tap dancers and, and, and biologists and scientists guys and really super nerdy people and really super hip kick-ass dancer people, because I get a little bit of everything from all of it. And it makes me feel more creative. The second someone or something starts making you question your self-worth, the second someone or something starts zapping your creativity, the second someone or something starts making you procrastinate or feel like an imposter or stop working, the way you used to work or writing the way you used to write or speaking the way you used to speak, it's time to unfollow. It is time to to block and bless. It is time to let it go because that is not going to do anything for you, but slow you down. So Amanda, what a beautiful question. And I really hope everyone hears that. Um, Be mindful of your inputs. They help you produce your outputs. That said, if the input you're receiving is stealing your joy, killing your creativity and making you question who you are as a human being, get rid of that shit. Thank you for that. You know, we've all been watching you most likely for a long time. You've definitely done a really great job marketing yourself and creating your own personal brand, especially in social channels. So we have time for one last question and it is a really juicy one. What is the best advice that you received early on in your career? Oh my God. I love this one. So, well, first of all, I did have a boss that said, you want to know the secret to success? And I was like, what? He's like, just don't be an asshole. Just don't be an asshole. And I love that one, but I'm like, I don't want to give them that one. Uh, But it's so true. Like, just don't be an asshole. I mean, of course we have to advocate for ourselves and our businesses and we're going to have to have talk tough conversations. But I think that has always been a secret to my success too. Like we, and even, you know, as we talk to all of our customers, we have a very client facing business. Just don't be an asshole. Be someone people want to work with. And what we find in my business, I mean, y'all, I'm so lucky. We work with the same 
clients time and time and time. Like they bring me back for keynote one, two, three. What else do you got, Judy? What else? And that is how you know you are someone that is easy and cool and fun to work with. Plus, that you're also bringing value that is changing the organization. So to tune our own horns on that, we do a lot of repeat business because I I believe we are not assholes. That said, the real OG best piece of advice I've ever gotten happened when I was in my early 20s and I was a bartender for years. And I honestly really consider bartending my first like full-time job, right? Or my full-time entrepreneurial job, rather. Like it was the first time I, I felt like I worked for myself because it clicked. I had this moment where I was like, yo, I was like the Friday night girl, right? And I mean, we would pack that place. And I'm like, dude, and I had so many regulars. I was like, these people could be at any bar in Soulard right now, but these people come back time and time and time again. They come to my graduation. I get invited to retirement parties. I'm at funerals. I mean, I'm becoming part of their, and they're here for me. And it was the first time I realized, like, I can use the things that make me unique, my energy, my attention to detail, my hustle, my spirit to make money and to, and to thrive. And it was transformational. And one of those regulars was a group, Don, Lori, Steve, and Larry and Mike, my five OG regulars. And I will never forget Don and Mike sitting down and telling me, cause I would be like, how's work going? I'm like, Oh, it's great. I'm like, I got a raise. I got a raise. They're like, okay, you're going to bank that raise, right? You got to pay yourself first, pay yourself first. And I was like, what does that mean? I didn't grow up in an environment where anybody taught me shit about money. I mean, we were poorish, right? Like we were just trying to like figure it out, like lower middle class. And no one taught me how to balance a checking book. So this was the first group of people that was teaching me about tucking a little way for myself. And anytime I got a raise to put a little in the bank, little in the bank, little in the bank. And that was transformational for me, not only from a financial perspective and learning that at a young age, but also personally, like pay yourself personally first too. like put money in your bank, your real bank, but also the bank of you first before you go take care of the rest of the world. So I take um, my mornings, my routines and the self-care uh, for Judy, the human being very seriously so that Judy Holler, the business works. And I know I'm talking in third person and that's super weird, but you get the point. Pay yourself first and don't be an asshole. Yeah. I don't think we could have ended on any better of a note. That is really great advice for all of us. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so we've kind of run out of time, but this, as always, was so much fun. I love getting on here with you and being able to jam out, bringing the community to life. So thank you. Oh my God, so fun. Thank you for being the MC extraordinaire on our Q&A show. And listen, I agree. We love hearing from you. And I hope you loved this episode as much as we loved making it for you. So talk to me on Instagram, send me a DM and let me know what you think about this episode. I love seeing your posts. So keep them coming. And you could always send an email to Amanda and I at hello at judyholler.com with your show ideas, feedback, and inspiration. We'll link up to everything in the show notes. But as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with your buds. And thank you for reviewing. Until next week, keep saying yes and stay brave. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.